0: Welcome to Season 2 of the Bigger Than You podcast, your go-to weekly podcast that blends energetics and mindset to help you do whatever it takes to bring your vision to life, whilst having fun on the way. I'm Jenna Holloway, your host and multi-award winning intuitive hypnotherapist and mindset coach. My purpose is to help mission-led business owners and visionaries who want to inspire change by leading the way in a space that otherwise may feel unnerving and too difficult. This is Bigger Than You. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me again. I intended to go back and listen to the previous parenting episode I did on this. And to be honest with you, that previous episode, it was about, not a year ago, but it was getting on for a year ago now. It was old energy. And I want to do this episode without being affected by what I said then. I want to say what's on my heart now. And also as a business owner, I teach and live and breathe everything I teach. And that is Just go for it. Do it now. Make your own rules. So I'm not available for going back and listening and making it perfect. And what is perfect? Absolutely not. So here it is, fresh off the bat. I felt called to do this episode because I heard the inspiration the other night. And all my intuition that I get in the night is always super strong. I just had this very clear feeling that I need to get this out there, this episode, because and it is totally related to what I do in the sense that I help business owners and visionaries those people that feel like they have a calling that is bigger than them hence the name of this podcast and so I help leaders and so leaders need to get out of their own way, basically. If they have something that is bigger than them that they want to bring to the world and make happen and create, they need to get out of their own way. They need to sort out their limiting beliefs. And so this episode is completely relevant for the future. You cannot be a leader if you stop yourself, if you do not believe that you're worthy, or you have a whole bunch of shame, or if you have a harsh inner critic, all of the heavy work that I help people with is as a result of their subconscious programming, the things that they live through. And so whilst we cannot not form limiting beliefs as we grow up, we certainly are a product of our upbringing. And so as parents, we have a huge responsibility to bring up our children in a way that Damages them as little as possible. It sounds awful to say that, but it is true. We cannot not form limiting beliefs, but we can absolutely bring our children up in a way that teaches them to be okay with all feelings, to teach them to be resilient, confident, able to deal with uncertainty, able to deal with hard things, basically being resilient. And so much of it is down to the way we bring them up. And so I'm going to say this, I consider myself to be at the top of my game when it comes to mindset. And at the same time, I'm extremely blessed in the position that I'm in as a parent to have my husband Tom around so much now. And the fact that I'm running my own business means that I get to make my own rules and get to, you know, work when I want to and be there for the girls when I want to. By the way, if you're new to my world, I should tell you, I have nearly four-year-old twin girls. I run my own business. And yeah, so everything that I'm going to be giving you today is what I've learned from doing my reading because I find it fascinating. I really want to be the best parent that I can be. But at the same time, I definitely haven't got it all figured out, right? I am a human being like everybody else. I have emotions. I get triggered. But I work very hard on that and really try my hardest to stay calm in very challenging situations and out of my twins one of them is particularly strong-willed and strong-willed children are very hard work because they are very triggering and they know their own mind they want to be confident they want to do things their way and Those children are the future leaders. Those are the ones that will have an idea and be so passionate about it that they will not let anything stop them. But they need nurturing in a way that is very hard at times to nurture because it might seem that they are doing it on purpose, but they are not. Okay, I'm talking about preschool age children. I don't have experience of parenting anybody older than a nearly four-year-old. But all of these things, all of these messages, it all comes down to connection. okay. and regardless of your child's age, passing on to them that you love them no matter what, no matter how much they've messed up or whatever in the hardest times. And this is the thing that I keep in my mind when one of my children is having a meltdown or a tantrum. I keep it in my mind that if you can make them feel that you love them in those hardest moments to love them, that's when they will truly feel safe. And when your children feel safe to have a meltdown, that's a sign of a healthy attachment. Okay, I feel like that's parenting 101. I feel like that's basic, but maybe that's not basic. So if you're listening to this and you feel like your child is an angel for everybody else, but they come home and they just seem to lose it with you, that's because they feel safe too. Um, Kids have stress buckets too. This concept of the stress bucket in the mind, kids have it and they hold in their stress. You know, when they're at nursery or when they're at the grandparents, whatever, they will hold in everything. And when they see you, you can expect it to overflow. And that's when you'll get the meltdowns. And it's so hard. You know, I see, I've seen my children be absolute angels for their grandparents and then come in and just lose it with me. And it's, is a sign of a healthy attachment and it is good, but it, it does feel like a backhanded compliment at times. And so just an example, my girls had a sleepover with their grandparents this weekend, just gone. And my mum and stepdad brought the girls back, and we went straight into the theatre to watch a pantomime. So it was all excited. They had a great time, but they held in their stress that otherwise would have come out straight away if we were at home. And by stress, like I don't mean anything bad at all, but essentially, they cannot be fully themselves anywhere but at home. So if they aren't happy about the fact that they were only allowed one yogurt instead of two, they wouldn't ever have let Nanny know that but they would have done if they were at home with me. And so this is what I'm talking about, stress. I'm not talking about massive things at all, but massive things in our mind as adults are very different to what's a massive thing to a three year old, okay? So anyways, we met them at the theater, we watched the pantomime, and then straight after the pantomime we came out, they wanted to look at the Christmas tree, so we took them there, and this is when it all started to unravel. Basically, both of our girls completely lost their shit inside the foyer, like the reception area of the theatre. And we basically had to carry them out kicking and screaming all the way to the car got them in the car they cried and by the time we got home they were absolutely fine they just needed to let off that steam and unfortunately they had to hold it in a little bit longer whilst we watched the pantomime and they were distracted but it was ready to come out and they couldn't wait till they got home so we basically left the theatre kicking and screaming with them Um, and that's okay like I'm not worried about what anybody else thinks about my parenting or my children like I know that I'm doing what's right by them and that is helping them feel that they are safe with me to be themselves. And so what is really important to know is that tantrums, meltdowns are normal and you shouldn't be embarrassed if they happen in public places. Zone out everybody else. It's about you and your child. And it's about doing the same things. Like So I... Don't want to repeat myself I feel like I said this on the previous parenting podcast about being firm fair and consistent say what you mean and mean what you say but doesn't mean to say that you can't do it lovingly so validate their feelings if you're saying no to them it's really hard for them to hear no and so it's just about Keeping your boundaries, but in a kind and compassionate way, and being like you're on their team. I always try and see things through my girls' eyes. They're not trying to be hard work. They're not trying to give you a hard time. They are having a hard time. And preschool aged children, they cannot self regulate, they cannot manage their stress. And so it's down to us to teach them how to do that. And we do this by co-regulating them showing them how we remain calm giving them strategies like we've got an area we bought a tent for one of my girls the other one the non-strong-willed one basically my other twin she used to hold stuff in and then have these explosive meltdowns where she would just go raging whereas my strong-willed child would fold and need cuddles and would want me my other one would just explode and not want you to be anywhere near her. So we bought a tent for her and told her that that's your calm down area. When you feel angry, when you just need some space, you go there. And so she knows that that's a nice place for her to calm. And we taught her that it's a magic tent. Like when you go there, you feel calm. So it's like, it's a good thing. So it's like a reframe of the concept of time out. I don't ever use that concept of go and sit on the naughty step or go away and come back when you're, when you're feeling calm, like go and have a time out. Like, no, that's really that the message that you're sending your child there is you're not lovable. When you're having a hard time, you need to be on your own. You need to sort yourself out. I don't want to be near you. That's the message we're sending when we use the naughty step. And so it's like, I am here for you when you're having a hard time, but you also have that safe place over there. And also giving them strategies to deal with their frustration. So I I asked one of my girls yesterday, what do we do when we're upset? Because, Because one of my girls likes to lash out and hit the other one. And it's so much better now, but it does occasionally still happen. And I said to her, what must you do when you are frustrated? What can you do instead of hitting your sister? And she said, stamp my feet. So she knows, but even if your child knows something, when they are in that fight or flight tantrum, part of their brain, they lose, they can't think straight. They are literally in the red. And this is why if you try and reason with your child when they are in that that tantrum or that fight or flight, it just doesn't work. You need to get them back into their intellectual mind, calm again, so that they can hear what you're saying. They literally cannot hear you when they are seeing red. And so teaching them strategies, but also not expecting them to follow those strategies every time it takes practice for them to be embedded and hardwired so that they will use them every time okay and a really cool example of showing how the work does pay off is yesterday i dropped a bowl and they watched me. I didn't make a big deal out of it at all. I just stayed calm in, you know, in these kind of moments. I always try to stay calm. And they watched me and they watched me clearing it up. And they said things like, it's okay, mommy. It's not a big deal. It was just an accident, you know, all of these really cute things. But I hear them saying stuff back to me and I hear them saying things to each other that we have taught them. And so it's really, really cool to see it paying off. So, yeah, I think. Some strategies to help you in those moments where they are really pushing your buttons is it's okay to take a moment to yourself and to just breathe and to just remember, like, I find it so helpful to have it in my mind when one of my girls is being really, really hard is, well, number one, she's not trying to be hard. She is having a hard time. But also now is the moment to show her that you love her. Now is the moment. Okay, so offer that connection. Be there for them. Say that it's okay. And also another thing, trying to actually look back at the things that I do that I do automatically now, but is not necessarily obvious, is to when they're starting to have a hard time, they're not in control of the things that they're doing. They have very little self-control at these points. So for example, if one of my girls doesn't want something and she then does something like lashes out and throws a plate of toast on the floor or whatever, don't react to that. Because then it's just like fanning flames on the situation. It's just like, remain calm. Do not sort of fly off the handle and be like, why did you do that? You know, and just make it worse and worse and worse. They're already having a hard time. And always remember that there's always a reason behind the behavior. So try and find the root cause. And this morning, one of my girls was really, really hard work to get ready. And they were going to their grandparents for the day. And I remember... She said, I actually said to her, what's wrong? Like I've trained her. I've trained them to tell me, if are they scared? No, I didn't say what's wrong. I said, is there something that you're worried about? And so they'll tell me now. And she said, I'm scared. I'm scared of going. And I thought back to the last time that she went there. And actually my other daughter had... Uh, I don't know what was wrong, actually. We thought it was an ear infection about to come on, but she had cowpaw and then she was absolutely right it was raining the next day. So I don't know what it was. Something bubbling under the surface that never really manifested into an illness or whatever. But anyway, she was really, you know, a bit unwell by the time she came home. And... The other daughter played up to it because she was like, oh, my sister's not feeling well. I'm going to pretend to not feel well, too, and basically trying and monopolize my attention. And she got uh, sort of reprimanded for it on the way home in a gentle way, basically like, pipe down. There's nothing wrong with you. Your sister's clearly ill. Pipe down. And yeah, so I remember back to the last time she was there. And it's because she was told to pipe down, basically, in a kind and gentle way. But she knew that she was in the wrong for doing that. And so she felt bad about doing that. And so she didn't want to go back to the place where she last felt bad. And so that's completely understandable. And so that was the root cause behind the hard behavior this morning. It's because underneath she had this anxiety about being where she was last time, even though there's absolutely no reason for it. You know, she's going to have a great time at the grandparents' house and it was all going to be fine. She's going to have a great day. But I know how the primitive brain works. And if you've listened to enough episodes now, you probably know this too, that the brain just worries and thinks worst case scenario. And so the anticipation is always worse than the actual doing. So long-winded way to basically say, there's always a reason underneath the behavior. So try to get to the root cause. What is it they're worrying about? And reassure them. And then last few things to say is to really verbalize The things that you think that you wouldn't necessarily think to say to your child. And this, I think, is so, like, it's not typical parenting. It's not the parenting that we will have had growing up. But it's so, so important. Tell your child that you love spending time with them. Tell your child what you love about them. Oh, actually, just one thing that's a little bit separate to where I was about to go. But do not overpraise your child because when we overpraise, we teach them to look for external validation. We teach them to do things in order to get a reward. Whereas if we completely pull back on the praise, and this is very hard to do, but you can train yourself to do it. If you pull back on the praise and ask them, what do they like about the picture that they've just done? Or praise effort. I can see that you're working so hard on that. And you're getting so much better because you're putting work in. This is how you get a child to want to keep going and to basically get the opposite of a perfectionist. This is how you get a child to fall in love with the process of learning and being okay with working hard because you know that the effort pays off. But yeah, what I was saying about telling them the things that we think, but we don't necessarily think to verbalize. So yeah, you love spending time with them. It's the highlight of my day, this cuddle with you. Or I always try, like when my girls get home from nursery, I always try and look them in the eye and really pass on my love for them. And and normally by the end of a nursery day, they're a little bit dysregulated anyway, and they need bringing back down to earth and they need that calm, stable energy. But I really try and give them a really lovely cuddle and look them in the eye and just connect with them. Same as when I say goodnight to them as well. Like if it's been a weekend and we spent the whole day together, say, I've had such a great time spending today with you. Thank you. And like basically thanking them for spending time with them, making them feel valuable and making them feel like mummy loves spending time with them. And that is just, I don't know, it feels really good. like. My my daughter's eyes light up when I say thank you for the lovely day. Like, I've had a great time with you today. And even if there's been meltdowns in there, that's fine. Like, don't pay attention to that. So, yeah, another thing, one last thing, because Tom is actually about to walk in the door with them, so I need to wrap this up. But another thing to say is focus on what you want more of. When there's a behavior that you don't want, do not draw attention to it because any attention is something that your child will keep doing, okay? So if there's something you don't want, just do not focus your attention on it. And nine times out of 10 with a preschool aged child, by not focusing any attention on it, it will fall away, it will just go. And actually one example where I didn't do this, one of my daughters started saying to me, you're naughty mummy, when she thought I'd done something wrong. And it triggered me, like I was like, no, I'm not. I think I said to her, no, I'm not naughty. And then I basically fed it. And so she kept on saying it for a while. And Tom reminded me like, just don't rise to it, Jen. And she'll stop saying it. And she stopped saying it now. So yeah, focus your energy on what you want more of. Praise them, thank them for helping. And it yes, it might take longer for you to put the shopping away with your preschool age child helping you. But actually, by valuing that, you're getting them to want to help so that when later on in life, they're going to want to help you. You know, rather than saying, oh, no, don't worry, I can do it quicker or something like that, you're giving them the message that they're not sort of valued or that they don't want to help. Yeah, basically everything that your preschool age child is experiencing, they are learning from so it's a double-edged sword to the work that I do because I'm constantly listening and knowing the kind of things that they are thinking based on what they're hearing. And so I'm hyper alert to everything that they're hearing. But it's also very good because I'm I'm extremely aware of how to build high self-worth and stuff like that. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm teaching them to, you know, tidy their rooms and do the shopping in a natural way. Like they see me doing it, they want to do it too. And yeah, just all sorts of things like this. And I'm not available for things like feeling guilty or shame or anything like that when I get it wrong. I just know that I'm always trying my best. And to put myself first is number one, because when my energy is depleted and when I'm tired, I'm irritable. Or if I've not eaten, I get hanger. And so it's much harder for me to be the best parent I can be if I have not put myself first. If I spent all day working in my business and not gone out for a walk, or if I've not eating enough or you know all those kind of things that are absolute basics you cannot be the best version of yourself as a parent if you're not the best version of yourself so fill up your own cup first just one more thing before i go and that is about teaching your child that they are in control of their own body and it's their body and so they don't have to do anything that they are not comfortable with so this is really really important when you are bringing up children not to Force them to give granddad a cuddle or force them to give nanny a kiss or whatever. No, it's their body and they have autonomy over it. So it's fine if you want to give nanny a high five. And if nanny doesn't like it, well, then that's nanny's problem. Okay, your child is your responsibility to bring up safely for them. And if we don't teach them autonomy over their own body now, then how are we going to expect them to feel safe to say no as a teenager in situations where they're feeling pressure? So do not worry about the old-fashioned response from one of the grandparents getting a bit of a, a sulk over your child not giving them a kiss or a cuddle. I'm not saying that this is happening in my family by the way. All the kids grandparents are completely fine with this, but sometimes it does require you standing firm in your own boundaries and getting a little bit uncomfortable about communicating your boundaries and what is right for your child and if somebody has a problem with it it's their own problem and it's not your issue to deal with your issue is your child's safety so yeah really key message um just thought that in there and on that note I really must dash because they're about to walk in the door and I want to be there for them so thank you so much for listening please let me know if you found this helpful it's a little bit different from my usual podcast but if you're a business owner and a parent I hope you find it extremely valuable put yourself first and yeah lots of love see you soon bye Thank you for listening to the Bigger Than You podcast with your host, Jenna Holloway. If this episode has been valuable to you, please share it with a friend or leave a review.